Welcome back to the Career Tipper Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Beatty, professional development strategist, tech leader, and the author of Career Rehab, Kanika Tolver. We'll be talking about strategy and how to rebuild your personal brand. So I wanted Kanika to come on and share her philosophy behind Date Your Job through her book that she has published called Career Rehab. Welcome. Tell the listeners about yourself. And I'm excited for this conversation. Hey, everybody. My name is Kanika Tolver. I am from the Washington, D.C. area. I have spent majority of my career in the technology space. I am a project manager at the Department of Treasury. Um, I spent over 15 years working in the government technology space specifically. Um, I'm super excited to be here to talk about um, my new book, Career Rehab. Um, This book has really been life-changing for me and for the other career rehabbers. This book is really all about um, gutting out the things that are not working for your career and putting the things in that will work for your career. So this book has been really um, inspirational to people that are doing a career change, people that want a promotion, and people that want to build their personal brand. I like to think career rehab is all about shifting your mindset from being an employee, from being an employee to being a brand. And I'm super excited to get more into this conversation today about all of those topics. Thank you. So let's kick it off. Let's talk about brand versus employee. So brand versus employee. uh, I have spent a lot of years in the workspace and especially when I was a government employee and I still am when I was younger, I worked with a lot of um, people that were in the baby boomer and Gen Xer generation and they had an employee mindset. I was a young woman in tech, and I was always the youngest person on my team, these people spent 20 years of their life at the same job. And I said, you know what, I want to grow, I want to be innovative, I want to expand my career, but I needed to shift my mindset, because a lot of people that I was hanging around at work, my family, they all was like, get a good government job and stay there, but they had an employee mindset. And that employee mindset was very important for the baby boomer generation because they were very much loyal to their job. But when I when I started to get um, and have these career heartbreaks at work, I was like, I don't want to be stuck. So I had to shift my mindset. So I rebranded myself for private sector and I left my government job and I went to work at Deloitte. I didn't know anything about Deloitte. I didn't know anything about private sector. But me rebranding myself and rebranding my resume and rebranding the way I thought about work was where I came up with the concept of being an employee versus being a brand. A brand is unstoppable. They offer unique products and services. They don't have the mindset of being stuck. They can sell themselves into any opportunity. And I wanted to show other um, professionals and even my career coaching clients that is nothing wrong with saying that you want to leave a job after 15 years or 20 years. But that employee mindset needed to change into being a brand. So that's where that chapter came from. And it's really been the most one of the most popular chapters in my book. 
I can see that. And what I really like about your work with career rehab is that you share that you talk about the heartache, career heartache. And I think that's the conversation that is not really had often, but it bursts so much. And I, you know, just from speaking with you offline and preparing for the interview, you've shared how you've taken all those lessons, all those wisdoms and everything like that. And it has helped you. Yes, it definitely has helped me. I remember crying, um, leaving work crying. I remember working in, working in jobs where I had four different managers within a five year period. I remember not being heard. And what I said to myself is after not being heard for a period of time within one of these government jobs that I was at, I said, it's my responsibility to take back career ownership. I got tired of crying. I got tired of not being heard. So I spent the holiday season one year redoing my resume into a private sector resume. And then I got all these calls back from Booz Allen Hamilton, Deloitte, Microsoft. And I started to believe that I am more than just a government employee. And I still currently do work for the government because I went back, but I still have that mindset even today within my current environment that I am the prize. I am the prize, but it's not the employer's responsibility to ensure that I win. So it's very important that if we shift our mindset, that we have to get into the mindset that we're not going to always be in places where people support us. We're not going to always be in environments where racism doesn't exist or sexism doesn't exist. So we have to remove ourselves because we're brands. We can remove ourselves from that op- bad opportunity and we can move ourselves into a, a better opportunity the same way Beyonce, Jay-Z, Mark Zuckerberg or Warren Buffett, they have been able to move themselves into different opportunities because they are personal brands. They are, but I also like the fact that you really zone in on doing the work and you break it down with the different personas. I definitely want you to talk about the personas, but before we do that, just to talk about a little bit more about the branding, can you share some insight on marketing yourself like an ad? Yes, sure. So marketing yourself like an ad stands for, the ads piece stands for accomplishing dominating success. If you're going to market yourself and you're going to have a successful career, you're going to have to learn how to accomplish accomplish dominating success. And we do that by having, of course, foundational things like a cover letter and a resume or cover letters are optional at this point in this lifetime or and having a very optimized LinkedIn profile. But in order to accomplish dominating success, we're going to have to have more than just a LinkedIn profile and an amazing resume. So in the book, I talk about having a podcast show like like yours, you know, or having a a, a platform where you share your expertise and knowledge. It could be YouTube. It can be through a book. It can be through a blog. You can write white papers. You can also do speaking engagements. You can do so many other things depending on what your comfort level is. If you're in technology, you're in finance, you're in project management, in order to people to see you as a brand and a subject matter expert, it is very important that we go beyond just a LinkedIn profile because in this digital age, we have to be seen a little bit differently from other applicants. So those are just a few things I would recommend people if they want to accomplish dominating success in their career, 
The recruiters and the hiring managers, they're going to be like, wow, you have an online portfolio. You have an online presence. And that's going to help you stand out. Indeed, indeed. So what would you share with someone? I know that you just saved great examples of what that could be, but like a career changer who's um, 10, 15 years into their role and they are not tech savvy. They're like fear, right? Imposter syndrome is looming over them. What would you tell them? Like, how would they identify a starting point for themselves? That's a a great question. I get that question a lot. I get that question a lot from people that are probably in their forties or either people in their thirties that have already started their career and they decided they want to go on a different path. I think it's very important to first identify the transferable skills. A lot of times we discount the things that we've accomplished. And I think it's important to say that I have done audits. I've done reports. I've done presentations. I've done spreadsheets. I've worked with computerized systems already. And I think people are discounting that a lot of those things are good wins in transitioning into tech. Uh, The next thing I think is identifying your path and identifying one or two paths you want to go down because technology is just a lot. There's a lot of different streets and lanes that you can go down, but you can get overwhelmed with trying to identify where you want to go in the industry. So once you identify what your interests are by using Google, by talking to other people in the field, by attending virtual conferences, getting a little bit understanding of what other people do in the industry, then you may be able to lean into some interests, some things, some areas that interest you. So the first thing I want to say is to bridge those knowledge gaps. Bridge those knowledge gaps. And you can do that by taking classes on Udemy. You can do that by taking classes through your job if there's an opportunity for them to do cross-training. I think it's also okay while you're working to ask to be on technology-based projects a certain percentage of your time. Um, I think sometimes we are scared to ask because we know that it may not be aligned with our responsibilities, but that is an opportunity for you to go work on with the development team or work with the operations team. And then the last thing I think is important to network for your future and not your past. I think it's important to network for your future and not your past. If you are in finance or HR and you desire to be in tech, you need to be connecting and networking and and building a relationship with people that's already in the tech field. They can mentor you. They can show you the shortcuts to success. They can give you the knowledge that you need. So I think it's important to change your circle um, and, and leave, not necessarily leave those old people behind, but you have to build a new squad of people that are gonna support your new goals for the technology career that you desire. Thank you for sharing that. Now, in the midst of a pandemic, networking can be challenging for some people. What are some solutions you have for them to consider? Um, Some of it might be just overcoming fear of connecting, right? Shaking up your comfort zone. But what what are some solutions that you recommend? Networking the pandemic has, in the beginning, I would say was difficult for a lot of people because we had to go to doing things that we weren't used to doing. We were used to going to happy hours and career fairs and meetups and and those type of things. So the one thing that I have been doing and I encourage all of the career rehabbers to do is to attend virtual career fairs. Attend virtual career fairs. Um, This is where you're gonna meet the hiring managers, the industry leaders. This is where you're gonna hear from people that's gonna tell you exactly what you need to do to specifically apply to that company. Um, The next thing is you want to also attend virtual conferences. I'm speaking at 
I speak at a lot of technology conferences and a lot, a lot of um, just career development conferences. And what I found out is that people can meet me, they can meet other industry leaders and they can connect with me right through LinkedIn. And then from there, they can build a relationship with those people. But not only connecting with the industry leaders, but connecting with the attendees. There may be somebody there that asks us a question that is connected to your career goals or they work at a company that you desire to work for. And you may see their profile by, by listening and or watching the chat. Um, you know, they may pop, pop in their LinkedIn, LinkedIn URL in the chat. They may ask a question that is similar to your career goals or they may already have accomplished what you're trying to accomplish. But I think it's important to attend virtual conferences and virtual career fairs. And the last thing I think is really important to stay engaged online, to go and be engaged in the conversation, meaning that when people post like-minded content, comment, connect with them, follow them. Um, a lot of times people are watching. There are a lot of certified watchers, but there's not a lot of people that are certified in working on building new relationships. And I think that it's important to join different professional groups online, like Blacks in Tech, Women Who Code, or um, there's project management uh, professional groups. Whatever your industry goals are, you need to be joining those closed communities so you can network with them and, and continue to build relationships with people that's in the field that you desire to be in. Thank you for sharing the gems. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So where's the starting point for, is coding the starting point for uh, knowing how to code? Is that the starting point for a career in tech? Because I know that is the perception by uh, many people. Yes, it is a perception by many people that coding is the right, the right path to start on. Um, I would say that it's not harmful to start on that path, but there's so many industries and there's so many areas within the technology industry that you don't have to start on that path. I'm gonna use an example. If you want to be a project manager in tech or product manager in tech, you don't need coding experience. You need to get the PMP certification. You need to get the Agile Scrum certification. You need to manage projects at your current um, role, within your current role, or you need to, you know, get maybe a project coordinator or a project assistant role to kind of get that, that initial hands-on experience. If you desire to be a developer or software engineer, then coding definitely is something that you need to learn. But if you want to go into cloud, you need to maybe learn Linux. You don't need to know all of the programming languages to go into the cloud because a lot of things are GUI based. A lot of things are point and click. A lot of things are just understanding the basic core components of, of computer networking. Um, but if you wanna go on machine learning and AI and you wanna go into some of the internet of things, I think you do need to have some level of understanding of some programming languages that fit in that area. And I think it's important that people pick the programming language that fit in that area because people are trying to learn all the programming languages. If I wanna be a web developer, I just need to know HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. I don't need to learn Java and C++ to be a web developer. So I think it's important to pick the programming language specific to the area, but there's so many other areas like business analyst, like quality assurance tester, like project manager, like scrum master. All of these roles do not, do not require you to be a developer or to know coding. 
So that that's just my spill on on learning coding, but it's not harmful if you want to start there. Now, I know earlier we lightly touched upon the personas. You have different personas in your book. That really helps the reader connect with the book and understand find where they how to apply it to them. Can you just go into your different personas of your book? All right, so I created these personas because they're my personal alter egos as I started to redefine my personal brand. So cool geek, I'm a cool geek. I like fashion. I like to wear cool frames. Um, I like to wear sneakers and, and, and shop and stuff like that. But I also was always big on getting educated. So that's how I came up with the cool geek um, persona. So cool geek is, I like to frame it in the book that it's for people to have less than five years of, of professional experience, right? Because I think that cool geeks is like your college graduate, somebody that's coming out of a vocational technical school, maybe somebody that just earned a certification and they're transitioning in, they're trying to be cool enough to get into that first role. So that's usually somebody that has less than five years of experience. Um, the next persona is corporate rebels. These are for my mid-level professionals like myself, who's been in the industry for 15 years, but we are saying, I want more. I'm going against the grain. I desire more. I want to do a career change. I want a promotion. I want a leadership position or someone that says, you know what? I'm tired of being treated like crap at work. And I just want to leave this whole organization altogether. So corporate rebels is people that have more than five years of experience. All right. So I like to think of corporate rebels as people that are not cocky and arrogant, but they know what they want at this point in their career. They've gone through those career heartbreaks and they're tired of being, um, feeling, you know, devalued at work. I get it. Do you resonate with the corporate rebel at all? I definitely do. And my last persona is called career dropout. This persona is one of my favorite ones because it's for my, for my uh, people that got side hustles and people that want to transition into um, full-time entrepreneurship or they're dropping their career for the dream like they have a dream to be something bigger than their day their day job so I am a career dropout um, I got one foot in and one foot out I am married to the dream I'm not married to the job so I really always try to encourage people to make a, a good transitional plan if they want to go into full-time entrepreneurship or if they decide to you know basically change careers maybe they want to go from you know, HR to tech or education to tech. So their career dropout, they're dropping one career for another career or they're dropping the career for a business. So that is the three personas. And I think that resonates with so many because now we're in a gig economy, like we're, the gig economy is on the rise, right? So it's not going anywhere. So I think as the gig economy rises and there's so many changes in the corporations, I think your personas are definitely, definitely help people just increase their accountability to how they're going to transition through their career moving forward and how, and just like, is that me? Like, am I a rebel? I didn't know I was a rebel, but I'm a rebel, you or, know? Or, or do you need to be a rebel to take control back? Because a lot of times people basically, they've been allowing the job to just dog them out and they haven't taken the opportunity to say that I do need to be a little bit more rebelish to accomplish what I need to accomplish, whether it's to do a career change, get a promotion or find another job. I think it takes 
um, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. There's a lot of people that's been in jobs for 15, 20 years and they know that their relationship with the job had been over. It yeah, been over. Sure. But they basically just been sitting there because they've been comfortable or they've been scared to take that leap of faith. Or they don't want to lead the longevity. Like they're proud to say, I've been in this role for X amount of years, which brings us to the whole date your job, your date your job concept and how that's work, how that works and how should it apply. So connect the dots. <laughs> So dating your job is one of the most, is the most popular theme or concept in the book. Um, I created this concept because I felt like we have been in some toxic working relationships and we stayed too long in some toxic career relationships. And I felt that it was very important to not, not to say that this is about job hopping because it's not. People think, some people think this is about going from job to job. It's about how do, how do I get um, what I need to get out of this job to build my personal brand for my career? So I talk about how to build your brand by dating jobs um, because there is so many opportunities. So the job is friends with benefits. The job is friends with benefits. You are getting something out of the job every day and they're getting something out of you every day when you show up. They hired you to do a service because you had some knowledge, you had some education, some experience, some expertise. But I think a lot of employee mindset people, they forgot what they could get out of the job. But branding people, people that are brands, they understand that I want training. I want global travel. I want to be compensated fairly. I want to be able to work on high profile projects. I want to be able to use their money to get my degree, use their money to get training, use the organization's money to pay for my certification exams. So as I'm doing a great job every day, showing up and being a rock star, I'm expecting something back in return. The same way we dated people um, when we were younger or I'm married now, but the same way people date people that are friends with benefits, we have to treat our relationships with employers the same way. Because if you leave, you die, or you decide to break up with that job, they're going to replace you. So it's important that when you leave and exit that career relationship, what did you get out of that? And what are you taking into the next relationship with the new job? And we continue to date and date until we find an organization that we feel comfortable with staying with in a long-term relationship. Love it. So for a date your job, what does that look like for the rebel? The corporate rebel, that looks mm -hmm. like for me, um, and for other people that are corporate rebels, people that are in that mid-level career age or anybody in their 30s or 40s, I think that looks like, I say no more than two to four years to stay at a job. Actually, I say 24 months is enough, but that's a little bit aggressive for some people. Um, that looks like I am looking for an opportunity that is going to be a good fit, not just from a career perspective, perspective, but it's also from a personal life perspective. And I'll use an example. Where the corporate rebel is, they need work from home. <laughs> they need work-life balance. They need to be able to take off for their children, for their husband or their wife, when they have a baby. They need the more personal life benefits in addition to all of like, the things that we negotiate in a job offer. 
I think corporate rebels are at a point where they have a lot of experience, they have a lot of education, they have a lot of, um, you know, accomplishments, but they're lacking what they need to be successful in their personal life. Because when you're a cool geek, you're just really trying to get that experience. Sometimes you're willing to take a job for the sake of taking a job sometimes just to get that first level, level of experience. But I think corporate rebels are looking for the full package. They're looking for the full package for their personal life and their career life. And what about the career dropout? Um, I think the career dropout for dating jobs, you're just in it to leverage what you can learn from the job for your own personal gain for, for, for your business. So for me, um, I've been in different career relationships where I have learned to take business classes or marketing classes, and it was beneficial for the company, but it was also beneficial for what I was trying to do outside of the organization. So I think it's important for people that want to be career dropouts or they want to transition into a new career. When they're dating that job, they're trying to get the new skill sets and the new knowledge for anything that they're trying to do that's going to help them level up, whether it's their business or a career change. So I think it's important for a career dropout to understand that they got to know why they're doing what they're doing. They did a hustle their job. They're there to get what they can get out of the job for their own personal gain for their business or for their next move within a new industry. So would you recommend um, a contract route a contract role versus a full-time employee role? I would say in the technology industry, I'm going to just speak on the technology industry because that's the industry that I am in, that it is easy to do both. It's easy to do short-term contracts and make a lot of money, like six-month contracts, nine-month contracts, 12-month contracts. I've done a 12-month contract and I've been able to make um, a lot more money that way. Um, I think if you are interested in that security and you have personal people to take care of, like your kids and, you know, I just think it's, it really depends on where you are in your personal life and what's your top tolerance level. Because um, if you're a corporate rebel, some of us are willing to tolerate the short-term opportunities. And some people are just saying, I'm a corporate rebel, but I still need that sense of security. So I just think it's an individual decision, but I do highly recommend to get skilled up fast is to do consulting gigs or do like the gig economy life because you're going to get exposed to different technologies and different skill sets at a faster pace. Some people stay in the same job for five years and they haven't learned anything new in five years. True. So it's, it's, it's just what, what, what you're trying to accomplish fast. Now let's talk about mental health because I think that's just an important topic for everyone, right? And if not, it should be top of mind when it comes to your work and having that career longevity and keeping your stride and things of that nature. And I know that in your book, you definitely have your suggestion on what that could be. And that's through career sad. Will you share with the listeners about being career sad? Yes. Um, so before you check yourself into career rehab in the be beginning of the book, I set the tone of the book that in order to get your um, career right, you got to get your mind right. A lot of times we, we can't get our, our careers together because our life is in shambles. And that could be through, um, you know, it could be through stress personal stress, like, you know, things that happen in your life. It can be from anxiety or depression. So career sad stands for stress, anxiety, and depression. So um, for someone that, you know, uh, manages, I don't say that I um, struggle 
or suffer from anxiety, I manage it. So it's important that we um, talk to ourselves in a way that is important and we don't throw those words out at ourselves like as if it's a disease that we can't manage. So um, it's very important that when we talk about being career sad, that we focus on the first letter, which is the S, um, is stress. I talk about how to reverse stress into success. A lot of times we put this disclaimer that I'm stressed and we act like, oh, I can't reverse it. Like I can't do anything to reverse the stress. And we just like, I'm stressed. So whatever, I just make excuses about the things that I need to do for my life or for my career because I'm stressed. I'm not gonna do it because I'm just so stressed out. So in the book, I talk about some things that we can do to reverse our stress. So we can do things like working out, we can change our eating habits. We can also focus in on prioritizing the most important things first, take each task, you know, one at a time talking to our manager, saying, hey, look, I have a lot on my plate. I really need to talk to you about what's important and what's not important. If it's personal stress, I talk a lot about prayer and meditation, um, you know, because I think it's important to us to have um, some spiritual life, your spirit, whatever your spiritual um, path or, or journey is, prayer and meditation can help like decrease the stress. For me, working out in the morning, it helps me feel better. It helps me feel less stressed. Um, the, the A is for anxiety. So I talk about how we can turn our anxiety into accomplishments. A lot of times we're super anxious about things because we are not figuring out a way to accomplish what we need to accomplish. So we get over, just we just get our get so clouded in our head about being so anxious about doing that career change going on that job interview. Instead, let's prepare for the job interview. Let's learn a new skill set for that career change. Let's expand our network and the anxiety will start to decrease. But we can turn our anxiety into accomplishments if we set out a plan. And the last thing is getting a therapist. You know, I think it's important if you have anxiety to get a therapist and to see a psychiatrist. I think it's very important that you understand that it's okay if you wanna be on medication. And it's okay if you want somebody to talk to. Um, but I think it's important to be equipped with the right tools to manage your anxiety. The last letter is D, depression. I talk about in the book that we can dominate depression. A lot of us have been depressed because of grief, heartbreak, personal heartbreak, because of loss, financial loss. It could be you lost your job, you lost your man, you uh, lost a loved one. And we know COVID, just the pandemic as a whole, a lot of us have been depressed about a lot of different things. So I think it's important to understand we can dominate our depression, but it's all about shifting our mind from feeling defeated to feeling more like we can be a conqueror. And even with depression, I recommend um, seeing your psychiatrist, seeing a therapist. I see a therapist on a monthly basis. And it's okay to talk to your family. It's okay to find someone that you can confide in. And I think it's okay to let your employer know that you may be, you may be dealing with all three. <laughs> Sometimes I'm dealing with the stress, anxiety, and depression all at one time. But I think seeking the right help is very important. But I think we have to shift our mindset and we no longer should say that we're suffering, but we learn that we can manage it if we are equipped with the right tools and resources. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your transparency. I appreciate that. Thank um, you. Thank you. 
I, I wanted I, to share that because a lot of people think that I'm so successful and I'm so this, and they see things on social media and they, they assume, right? But um, I have come to, over during the pandemic, it got really bad. And I just come to the conclusion that it's okay that I'm doing well some days and I'm not doing so well other days, but I um, have the right resources to be able to be successful no matter what. Kanika, we've connected before, before the pandemic. Um, we've been following each other for a while and I found you always to be very transparent, air quote, keep it real. Um, <laughs> and I've seen you transition more to like, you know, promote your tech leadership skills over the years, but also staying true to I think your passion is career, seeing people win. I think that's something we have in common. I want to see people evolve to their professional best. You want them to like soar as well. So I think you've always been keep it real and honest. I think that helps people connect to you. Yeah, I think it goes back to our original piece of this conversation. It's a part of my personal brand. And I think at every level of comfort, it's okay to figure out what you are comfortable with sharing and what someone else is not comfortable with sharing. But I realized that I can't just talk about the wins. I have to talk about the losses. I have to talk about the failures because they have defined the journey for me and so many other people. And I've, I've been through so many things in my life, my personal life, but then my, my personal life uh, with my mom being sick and just, just overall, like I have accomplished so much despite the stress, anxiety, and depression. And I want anybody out there that's going through it to know that you can still be successful. You can still be a winner. Um, and it's nothing wrong with not being transparent. It's, it's okay to not be transparent like me. Um, but at the same time, this is just who I am. And I'm glad that you recognize that. And I'm glad that we connected years ago because we both, we both need each other to be successful with the things that we're all trying to accomplish. For sure. It's a village. It's a community. It's about community. It's about village. It's about I am quick to tell people it's not a competition. No, There's no. no competition. We're in this to help one. I truly believe one wins, we all wins because it opens up a door or opens up, it expands your perspective on what you can do or maybe rethink something that you can do that you didn't think you can do. It, I think it comes down to making sure it's not only better for the youth, right? But also for people that are seniors in their career or in their mid mid level of their career, keeping the pace, right? I'm big on keeping your stride right now, primarily because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot like, like you're saying mentally, things are wearing on you. You're trying to find your way with your career. Some people are not working because of the pandemic. Some people are excelling because of the pandemic, but whatever it is, you got to keep it going. So what does that look like? And Dating your job is important because sometimes, you know, when you're dating, like you said, like you got to spruce it up sometimes. And sometimes you got to step back and say, mm, I don't know, you know, right. like what's going on? <laughs> I want Kanika to talk about this because it's true. And sometimes people just need that one share that helps them discover their next steps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think feeling empowered enough to know that you can do it. I think a lot of times, We've been in so many bad career relationships that we just think that we'll never find the right job. We'll never find the right 
um, situation that's going to help us be successful. But you'll never know what you will find if you don't move out of that bad situation. And I think just getting that confidence, you know, I just think getting that clarity and going back to your other point, which was so amazing, is that it's not a competition. Um, we all, all of us, all of us women, especially within the workspace, no matter what color we are, no matter what background we have, we all have experienced some level of, of career heartbreaks and being transparent about how you're winning and how I'm winning just makes, we all can become winners. And I just want to say this to everyone that collaboration is, collaboration is a new currency. If you're not collaborating, you're not making money. If you think you can make money within your career or even within business, doing this a siloed approach, it's just not going to help you because either even in non-entrepreneurship things, you have to collaborate in order to win. So it's important that we continue to do that and we grow and we just spread spread the knowledge like we're doing here on Career Tipper. Now, Kanika, how can they measure, how can the followers and the listeners, how can they measure their, what are the metrics associated with dating your job? How can they measure the success? The best way, and that's a great question because no one's ever asked me how to measure success of dating your job. I think that it's the same way we would measure success if we was in a relationship with someone. Um, is it toxic? Is it healthy? Does it feel good every day when you log onto that computer or you go into that office? Um, if you feel like it's not feeling good and it's feeling a little, you know, you've seen these signs in the last career relationship, then you need to take note of that. Because a lot of times we go to different jobs and we start to see, they start to, the trends start to look all the same. Um, the next measure of success is, are you growing? Do you feel that you are growing in your skill sets? Do you feel like every 12 months you're learning something new? Um, because if you feel like you've been learning the same, you've not been learning anything or you've been doing the same tasks and responsibilities for the last couple of years, then you're outgrowing that career relationship. And you may, be, you, want, you may want that. That may be something that you want depending on what's going on in your personal life. Because sometimes, you know, you don't always want to grow at a fast pace because you may have other things pending in your personal life. Um, the next thing, are you making more money? Are you being compensated fairly? Are you getting bonuses? And, you know, are you feeling like that the money that you're getting and for the time that you're putting into that relationship is worth it? Because if you're putting in 50 hours a week, and you feel like you haven't been compensated for 50 hours a week, you need to start thinking about finding a job that's going to compensate you even more. And the last thing is, um, I think, being working in an inclusive environment. You know, we talked a lot about personal branding and we talked about getting money, getting the salary, getting the job. But do you feel, no matter where you are in your life, whether what age you are, because, you know, there's ageism, no matter what gender you are, no matter what race you are, do you feel like within your current environment that that um, that is inclusive and they are promoting diversity? Because I think that's something that we don't talk about. We always talk about helping people land the job, but are you landing the job in the right organization where you need to be to thrive with who you are? Me being a black woman in tech, I need, I work in a very diverse organization right now. And I'm so excited and happy about it. But some people don't always have that. Um, they, don't, they don't have the offerings in their organization. So those are just a few things I would mention. And work-life balance too. If the job is killing you, 
you need to like maybe find another job. But if they're making sure that you do your 40 hours and you can, you know, have your weekends and evenings to your family, then that's super important to me. Yeah, the tally has to tally up for sure. Because yeah. I think dating your job doesn't look like, oh, I want to make a lot of money. It, it, it's like living a whole life, a really full life. It's not just about the, you know, all learning, all the skill sets, all the promotions. But outside of that, are you just genuinely happy? Because if you're not happy, you're just not happy. And that comes from like work-life balance and being in an environment that is inclusive, I think that's where some happiness comes from. Yeah, I respect that. Totally. Now, I cannot let you depart before you share a little more insight about women in tech, what's helped you be successful as a woman in tech. I mean, you've shared nuggets along the way, so listeners have a good idea. But what is a coveted experience that keeps you going or was really a game changer for you? Mm, That's a really good question. Um, A game changer for me was... Hmm. leaving my good government job the six-figure government job for private sector and staying in private sector for a couple of years and really building the personal brand and looking at things from a global perspective instead of just a government perspective Um, because I live in a DC area everybody knows that DC has a lot of amazing government opportunities so my deciding factor was when I said and I said this just before I even wrote the book, my first book was Life Rehab. And I said, I was like working out with some friends. I was like, I'm gonna check myself into Life Rehab. And my defining moment was when I said, I'm gonna check myself into Career Rehab. I got my life together because I was in my late twenties when I wrote Life Rehab. And then I was like, you know, I was trying to like become a woman. I was trying to get into my late twenties to being 30. And I was just trying to figure things out as a woman. Um, but then when I started to say, I got, I think I got, I got myself together. Like now I need to get my career together. So the decide, I think that was like, when I said, you know, I'm going to completely revamp everything. And the biggest thing that I would say to women in tech is to, when something doesn't feel right, go with your instinct. When you feel like you've been mistreated, um, don't tolerate disrespect. In my book, I talk a lot about knowing your worth. And I think women in Texas is such a small percentage of us. There's an even smaller percentage of Black women in tech. I think it's important to know your real worth. We do not define our worth by job offer. We We define our worth by getting three things, the money, power, and respect. The money, power, and respect, okay? We want to be compensated fairly, but we also want respect at work meaning that we want you to respect us. Don't talk to us any kind of way. Don't um, disrespect us because of our sex or because of our race. Um, And the next thing is getting the power. The power is owning that you're amazing, like owning that you have expertise and knowledge, owning that you, the power comes from knowing that I have all this experience, all this education, all this expertise, and that makes me feel powerful. And if you don't treat me right, I can go somewhere else and and flex my superpowers. I thank you for that. Do you have any final um, shares for the audience, for the listeners? I would just definitely tell everybody to make sure that you always focus in on what's best for you. There's nothing more important than what you desire. No company, 
The company name don't matter. It could be Fortune 500. It could be small company. It could be a government organization. If you're not happy, it is your responsibility to take back career ownership and rehab your career because you only get one life and I don't want you to be career sad. I want you to be career happy. And I want you to know that you can ditch the job for the dream. You can ditch the job for the dream and your desire to have business, you can do it. You can be a career dropout. If you desire to be a corporate rebel, you can do it. How can the listeners get in touch with you? Everybody can get in touch with me through kanikatover.com. Um, that's my website. You can sign up for um, updates for me, for my coaching programs. If you just keep up to date with what's going on with me. Um, you can also reach out to me on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, at Kanika Tover is my um, um, handle. And if you felt like this interview, if you felt like these career tippers, tips were valuable, you can check out Career Rehab on Amazon. It's a 4.7 rated book and you can get it on all platforms. Um, you can get it in audio book, ebook and physical book, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, Target, Books a Million, anywhere books are sold, you can get career rehab. So I hope you guys enjoyed this and, you know, I love you. <laughs> awesome. And you can find me, Michelle Beatty, at careertipper.com or skillsrecharge.com. You can follow me on social media and continue the conversation at Career Tipper. I'm on all platforms. You can listen to podcasts on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Please leave us a five-star review. Until next time, keep your stride and skills recharged.